Hello, and welcome to Cooking Up a Queen, a beginner's guide to the flagrant and fanciful world of queer nightlife. Hosted by finalist of Camp One Kiki Season 2, Coco Jim Holiday, and the Madonna of your masturbatory fantasies, Touche Douche. Now, without further ado, here are your hosts. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Hello, it's me. Welcome to my living room. Um, they can't see you. It's still a podcast. <laughs> you know, I feel like that you're imposing the restrictions of a medium that I choose to ignore because it doesn't fit into my personal view of how the world should be. And I don't ag- appreciate that or agree with it. And I feel like that's your fault. I recognize that it's a year later and people are like, oh, she's still the same. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Coco Gem Holiday. And I am Touche. Yvonne Duche. Yeah, so I, even though we're going to have the same intro and normally it's like, once again, we are. But she did add Yvonne because that's a French-ass name. <laughs> the French-ass name. I'm... <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, we started a new show. It's an open call show. And we were in our group chat mm-hmm. with the producers at Local Lounge. And uh, we were like, oh, we should call it Hot Stuff. This is fun. And so Touche adds, she's like, how about Hot Stuff? She added an E with an accent on the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I started laughing. And actually, you missed out on this, Touche. I have to tell you. So at the very first mm-hmm. one, Valerie was hosting. She's like, welcome. And like her Valerie voice, I'll try to mimic. She's like, welcome, everybody, to Hot Stuff A. Because apparently we couldn't spell stuff correctly. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> She's like, or is it Hot Stuffy? She's like, either way, the name is stupid. <laughs> honestly that's so funny and like i have to still reach from beyond the grave at this point to still have an influence in every little aspect of stuff happening there and i think that's why most people still like me (laughs) (laughs) i I left but i didn't like leave i'm still there and they're like "Ah!" (laughs) i super appreciate it i think it's so fun i um and so yes this episode is us doing our one year actually it's been more than a year um it might have been more than a year yeah it is i think so well I think we started in, like, uh, uh, June? Yeah. When did George Floyd die? Because it was, like, within Um, a week. I don't know off the top of my head. I probably should know that. I should know that, too. But I also recognize that we... We did. Yeah. We decided we wanted to do this because so much has happened in our lives since that time. And I recognize yeah. that just, you know, we have so much to say about what's been going on. And we've definitely, like, aged. Yes, and in my case, poorly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's It's been a year. May 25th, um, 2020, you know, by the way. It's May. So it was like in May. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Um, yeah, that's when everything fell apart, I'm yes. pretty sure. Like it, it got did. worse. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's fun. Um, but yeah, no, it was in May. Uh, we were in a very different place. I think we were both feeling like hopeful. And, like, that that feeling is gone. Well, it is. It, oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a week after George Floyd's death when we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then also COVID was getting yeah. really bad. And so also mm-hmm. in Portland, we started, like, the BLM protests that were very wild, very crazy, um, which were great things. We were also releasing our podcast, and we actually decided mm-hmm. – to not promote it as much as we should have because we thought we were going to be taking um, space up online where it should have been reserved for, you know, it should have been reserved for the things that were happening in the community. And that was just really important to us. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was just, you know, it was, it was, it was at the appropriate time and place. And a big thing that the world finally learned, which it should have learned, you know, decades ago, but it finally figured out is, you know, white people should shut up and listen to black voices. And I think that, you know, having yours truly on here, who does seem to talk a lot, uh, speaking over about, you know, bullshit drag stuff while the entire world is in mourning and in outrage over the unjust murder of an innocent man, like, would have just been inappropriate. Because I know that people, a lot of people like to think that me and Touche, even as vocal as we are online about different issues and whatever, uh, it's one of those things of where we actually aren't really that terrible of people. We're vocal, we make decisions, and we rub people the wrong way, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, we still are aware of what's happening in our country and know when to speak up and when it's time to just listen. Exactly, you know, and I love that we're bringing up the vocal aspect of things because it's it's hard finding the line and finding where, you know, what is worth speaking up on because sometimes there are things that do come up that definitely people should speak up and speak up about, but there's also finding the situations where, you know what, um, I'm just going to be forever the villain in this, whether I do something or I do nothing. So sometimes it's just finding where to exert the energy and deciding what's you know, important for your personal well-being, which is really hard to find that line. absolutely. And what's even more important, too, is that we continue to grow and we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, so it's funny that we're doing this podcast because it's actually just like right off the cusp of a cancellation that me and Touche are going through. But (laughs) I mean, like, honestly, this could have been any week. And it's honestly, when people listen to this in the past, they're like, oh, wow, they just got canceled last week when we're both famous. Um, (laughs) And it's so weird because, like, I I still find this that phrasing that RuPaul has about, like, unless they pay in your bills, pay those bitches no mind. Because a lot of times when we're trying to actually make noise for the correct reasons, One thing that's happening now is people are saying that what we're doing is considered performative. And what I mean by performative is that me and Touche are very vocal about different issues in our community. And people are like, oh, it's performative or they're fake or you should take a look in the mirror kind of stuff. And I find what's fascinating about that is usually the people who are saying it to us are the people who refuse to look at themselves in the mirror. Like Like when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm so proud of the ability to... Like that, I've all the changes that I've done in my community and all the active strides I've made to be a better person, and you know, so I have a couple of questions for you, Touche. Oh no! Okay. So, what do you think you've <laughs> learned the most since we stopped doing this podcast? Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that no matter how genuine your intentions are, some people will just continue to choose to misunderstand you or to uh, paint you in a light fitting within their reality that may not necessarily be the reality. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a lot. Like I've had a year. I've, we both have had a very, very tumultuous year, both um, just in personal lives along with I Like I've moved across the country. You've taken on a new mm-hmm. role as, you know, like really taken on a role as a manager at a bar. Like you've, you and me have had very like big changes in our lives and we've had a lot of different situations arise because of that. And I think it's, you know, (laughs) appropriate that we're now having this episode when all this has changed, especially with the stuff we talked about a year and a half ago. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
my thing from a year a year ago, or actually in May of 2020, so mm-hmm. a little over a year ago, is yes, I do have a new position. I work as an event manager at a bar, uh, a queer bar. I've never actually done event managing at a queer bar. Always usually with queer owners to a degree, but never at a queer uh-huh. bar. Um, and right. I've noticed that queer people are incredibly hard to impress. Um, queer queer people are incredibly opinionated in a, in a good way. Uh, queer people are also, they'll support you if you're doing all the right things, though. I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. I've had people come out of the woodworks to be super supportive of local in a great way, and I appreciate that. And I, I don't know. It's like, and then my drag. So for my drag, though, my drag did change because I gained all the available weight in the universe. I also took a tact of Touche's <laughs> book and started spending more money into my drag. Like, my body's completely different now. Um, mm-hmm. I've got some of those expensive-ass pads uh yeah because i remember when we were recording this you were like um on the potato body cult like you were like i mm-hmm. don't pad i don't do any of this i'm just gonna be me and i'm like that's fun i support yeah, you i can't do it now because like mm-hmm. i am trying to figure out how to get away with feeling comfortable enough to not wear a cincher yeah it takes time um my big thing with that because i hate wearing like a corset corset or like um like a girdle is postpartum wear you know like for women who just had a baby within a couple weeks it's like those like body shapers that suck in the gut um those seem to work really well they give flexibility they're breathable and they're comfortable long term they also smooth your pads really well that's what i need yeah like maternity post-maternity wear yeah so you know the the bitch just shit the kid out of whatever the fuck is down there and um (laughs) i should know i'm pansexual but i haven't seen rachel ray in a minute um, uh, and then, hell. you know, they got to suck it all in. They got to suck it in, but like they just destroyed their pelvis. So they have like no muscle strength or tension or hydraulics. I don't know how the human body works. Oh my God. And then um, they have to have. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. So, uh, send me that link for that, actually. I really would be interested to see what I they will. look like. They're really cheap, too. They're, like, okay, super maybe cheap. maybe I'll get that. Because, like, Lexi, a new friend of mine, Lexi Siren, she was like, oh, yeah, because, like, the Planet Pepper pads uh, t- are very loose. And she's like, so you should get um, a thing to go over those. That way they don't move. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I tried to look for one. And I was like, I can't find anything that's in Fat, 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 Fat Girl because um, they just don't have yeah. those. And so I do have the pads. Well, here's the other thing, too, like those pads that the drag stop pads. I did get the Trenta. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Trenta is the Trenta has so little space at the top of it that they slide mm-hmm. all day. They Those ones really Ooh. slide. I put on like six pairs of tights with those, and they still just slid like a mother. And I was like, oh, no. And so... That's not yeah, good. for our friends and followers. What we're talking about is like so. If you do have a little bit of money, um, you can buy body pods or body shaper with pads built into yeah. them. So really, when you're getting to drag, you just pull them up like shorts, and that does the whole lower half of your body. You put on a few pairs of tights um, and your fishnets and whatever, and then you're good to go. It actually makes mm-hmm. getting into drag like yeah. it shaves about like seven minutes off versus like doing regular pads. Mm-hmm maybe seven to 10 minutes off. And that time is critical when you're trying to get to a gig. Absolutely. It is, you know, like I always encourage every queen to know how to make their own pads. Cause in the event something happens and you just don't have them, you can just find a couch cushion somewhere and just cut the shape of Africa and you'll be fine. But once you've gotten to that point where you're like, okay, I want to 
do something a little bit more as if you're not like a genius at it like you're not michelangelo carving you know marble or whatever the fuck that guy is like is his name aaron or david that david. big sculpture of the naked dude with the dick david yeah, yeah. so if like if not everyone's pads are like david where you can't just like carve out the hips like you gotta sometimes have someone who does it professionally make them for you so nice and smooth because we don't want to be lumpy umpy or look like we have hip like hams in well, our and butt. i um i definitely have uh I, I i was making my hip pads forever and a day mm-hmm. and it's funny i like i doing yeah. i'm doing everything in my power right now to make drag more comfortable drag in your 30s is like it's a different journey altogether like i i was watching a video um of one of my favorite drag queens coco bardot because um we uh-huh. have very similar styles and like i'm a lot fatter than she is but i was she posted her her body ritual and it was yeah. it was um the body pods the planet pepper body pods a black tight uh-huh. a brown tight a boned waist cincher thing then a boned waist cincher thing a panty shaper, three more pairs of tights, uh-huh. and then another panty shaper. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, Whew. "I was like, that is that is not peeing in an evening. That is you can't have any fluids in your body because how would you get off the like the 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 waist center with the buckle thing? Like when you need to pee, right, like, girl? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, why do you think when we had uh, Miss Delt's work uh, up here in Portland, I didn't wear anything but pet like pads and wigs? Like that's all. <laughs> yeah, because that, that show was super busy. And since this episode is releasing tomorrow, uh, we do have yeah. a show called Trash Gummies. Um, I think that'll be the new name of the Fifth Saturdays at Local Lounge. Uh, yeah. Trash Gummies is this month that we're bringing out. We've announced the uh, the Vixen and Priscilla Chambers. Yes, and we're also featuring the local talents of the amazing Diana Fire, who's also going to be there, along with a bunch of other people we haven't released yet because we're still waiting on contracts from folks. So we can't say we get paper. And and then also, we do have a special Dragula brunch happening the next day uh, Mm -hmm. where people can eat and dine with Priscilla Chambers on the local lounge patio or inside local lounge, depending on how cold it is. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's really exciting to have that because that one we also have an all ages option so that people who are under the age of 18 who don't get to go out very often and see like these queer celebrities have a chance to come out and get to know them, see them do a show, that sort of thing. So we're really excited about the brunch uh, along with Trash Gummies. It should be a really good time. Um, You definitely want to get your tickets. Check out the link tree on my Instagram. It's all in there. I know Coco has a link on her page somewhere too. So yeah, it's a really fun show. It's selling quickly. So please get your tickets while you can, because I don't know how they're long they're going to be. Available. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. And I'm really, I I love doing, so me and Touche work really aggressively together. I wouldn't say well. <laughs> and, and, but we, a lot of is, we do, but, but the thing is like, I feel like the events that we plan, there's like a thousand moving pieces and people really enjoy them. Um, and it's been happening yeah. since we've started doing this together and that's really exciting. And then this time it's actually the whole holiday family because Brit Neon is actually investing uh-huh. too this time. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And she was in our very first one that we did together called Fab and she was fabulous in that as well. Amazing. I love Brit. You know, she's, she's paying the ass and she causes a lot of problems, but also she has her moments of redeeming quality. You I... know, occasionally she's sober, which is nice. Her. She's, one of the nicest <laughs> girls and 
She she's she also is. a mess, and I hate her. But <laughs> you know, I think I think that's a family trait at this point. Is all of us tend to just have to be just despised by the popular groups in public opinion, <laughs> and for us to, to for us to exist. Like if you're liked by anyone who's considered cool, uh, anywhere, anywhere, and, just you know, in general. Just anywhere. It's just like, no, that's not it, sweetie. You have to be an outcast and alone with the weirdos. <laughs> the, the real, like, the real weirdos. Like, you know, there's people like, I'm weird, but, like, they're really popular and everyone loves them. But then there's the actual, like, mm-hmm. you and me. And we're just like, you know, I love sleeping. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, cooking is, like, you know, or, I mean... Did you ever thought about that naming your utensils is a sign of insanity? Like, those are the real weirdos, I think, and a lot of people don't appreciate that. That is a really weird thing. You've never named your utensils? You don't say you don't say grace to the spork before you put it in your mouth because it one earthquake and the universe could kill you. Like, just stab straight through your soft palate and like kill you. You really poor childhood. (laughs) <laughs> I did. So did a lot of these people who keep yelling at us, but they refuse to go to therapy. Oh my gosh. I like. I feel like my therapist would just be like, "So you should stop doing drag. It's causing you a lot of turmoil." And that's true, though. Like it's, and it's true for everywhere in the country too. That's what I really don't love about drag. Like queer people, because we weren't mm-hmm. really, we didn't get to have all the great college experiences and be conditioned. I mean, the high school experiences where we're mm-hmm. conditioned to interact with other people. We don't really know how to handle ourselves well when negative turmoil. I mean, no. I was the same way in my twenties. Like I was a nightmare to be around, and I, and I thought I was right. I was always on my soapbox. I was. Always trying to tell people how to live their life. I was never leaving any room for mistakes or education. Like, I was like, I'm all about education and you guys are wrong. So I'm going to like completely beat this into you consistently over and over and over and over and over and over over again. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of gross, but. It, it's really fun as you age or you reach a point of maturity where you realize that your soapbox is actually a shovel and you're digging your own grave with that. Um, so. I think the mission that I would want to give people about my one year, not the mission, the message for one year later that I'd like Uh to give people in our little unfiltered back and forth is that give yourself some room to breathe. I reckon like, so Touche moved to Chicago. I did. I got out of Portland. I'm like, you know what? I'm making money here, but I can make more money somewhere else and still make money here. So, like, I'm going to do that. She got out because, honestly, she was consistently being at the root of people's anger. And, like, and like the anger was so overwhelming. And for me, I was, uh, since this year, I think... I needed to take a step back and really reevaluate how mm-hmm. I want to do drag. I've learned, I've literally been enjoying watching people do drag. I've been enjoying like seeing people like really step it up and have these amazing moments. And I've loved every second of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think also the reason that, you know, I'm my, for me particularly, that stuff has taken a vamp up along with you is we've become very prominent figures within the Portland scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Between you and me, we produce the most events in the city on a regular basis. Like we're the, we're the, we have the most events we're producing other than now that she's back in swing. I mean, Katya, uh, I think we're like the three, the three girls who produce the most right now. Right. Um, Uh. And putting yourself in a public space like that, especially when you have control over like 
money and bookings and stage times and stuff, like you become, people become hypercritical and hyper like magnified on everything you say and do. So if it's not perfectly conforming to anyone's personal standards of existence, then you're just garbage and they want you to die. Exactly. Exactly. And it's heartbreaking and it's sad. <laughs> it is. It is. Cause it's like, it makes me lose a lot of love and you know, something like right before I moved, just not to make it about me again. Mm-hmm. Um, but right before I moved, uh, I was just feeling uninspired. Like I was not really creatively there. I just was kind of going through the motions of getting things done because not only was I, you know, you and me were constantly left and right being critiqued and torn down by people just for being human beings. Um, but there was a lot of people that I really looked up to and I thought I was good friends with and, you know, developed creatively and tried to build relationships with and also tried to give opportunities to, they just, as soon as they found out I was moving, like they tried to scalp a lot of my gigs and they also were continually telling people how uncreative I was and how artistically like stunted I was and how I can't do things for myself and I can only buy my success. I can't actually do it myself, which really, really sucked. And I know you've had your own stuff happen that people have torn you down and it's just not pleasant and it's really hard to deal with, but it's the reality of being in this it, industry, especially when you're in a it, place well, like and us. It's, it's, I think it's a part, a part about drag in, in general. People are very terrible mm-hmm. about yeah. how they communicate with us to, you know, you know, mm-hmm. about how we can operate. And I tell this to people all the time. It's okay that my feelings are hurt. Um, and I take it seriously mm-hmm. sometimes because I am human as much as we can continue to pretend like that phrase of like, um, you know, unless you're feeding me, fucking me or financing me, like your opinion doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're all still humans. We have ears. Those mm-hmm. things like those pieces really hurt us sometimes, sometimes. Right. Yeah. And as much as we would yeah. love to pretend to rise above it, sometimes a comment will actually get to you. And then you spend a lot of time in a negative space that you can't really control. And it's gross and it sucks. And it's just like not really where you want to be. And I've learned that surrounding myself with positivity has really helped. Like having a good core mm-hmm. group of friends to like communicate with and laugh with and like be able to like have it out with has been really helpful. I've really noticed too that like, like, cause we've had a friend group chat that we've had for a very long time that me and Touche are both in with a couple yeah. of other people. And, and it keeps seeping into the wider world, not like screenshots, but just stories from it. And now other people I've noticed have started telling our stories from that chat. And it's yeah, kind of it is kind of, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, well, and I, but even from it though, it's like when something happens, like it's super nice to hear like Donatella being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you doing? Like I saw what happened in the chat today and whatever. And like, I know mm-hmm. group chats are like kind of like a five year, like five years ago thing, but they've actually been really helpful for me because mm-hmm. I don't feel really alone when these negative no. crappy things are happening. Like, which has been nice. Yeah. And we, and what's nice about our group chat is we all mutually have that, you know, unspoken agreement of the, everything in here stays between yeah. us. You know, so because we do express, I think, really our true frustrations. And I know I I do do. really (laughs) a lot in there because because, (laughs) 
I, I just know one of my favorite things someone ever said, and I'm not going to say the situation that it was about or who it involves, but I think I think someone said that, oh my God, that person just gives off a rancid vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that. But even on a positive swing, well, like, it just helps you to not, like, be reactive, right? Like, it helps you not, like, make a fool of yourself yeah. online. It helps you, like, venting sometimes really just does help. You have a good group of friends and you can laugh it off. Like, even tonight, like, um, right. Autumn is hosting a night at Stag just as a temporary. And I'm probably going to go and support her because she's been a really good friend over the last couple of days with everything happening. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just kind of cool, like... To just be able to d- depend on people and just have that moment. Absolutely. It actually is. And I don't know. Like, th- I think there's there's two caveats to this episode. I think, like, this episode really is about trust no one, but also find those people that you do trust and just hold on to them. Yes. I agree. You know, because there are those those people you will find and they'll just... the. The, realistically they'll just be those people and there may be one of them or there may be five of them there may be zero of them but when you find them you just hold on to it because there are a lot of people out there who will just f- highlight all of your flaws and not extend any grace to anybody in any situation right. and it's hard That's to deal true. with and I kind of want to mm-hmm. leave it a little bit more on a high note too so I want to talk about some of the positive mm-hmm. things that we have going on too so, like, you know, and, like, oh a month I'm going on a cruise to do drag, and, like, I get to perform. Right, this was a cruise you got after Camp on Kiki. Like, you're, as a finalist, you were booked <laughs> yeah. on this cruise, and COVID happened. Yes, and, I, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Um, it has been such a blessing that it's finally happening. Um, right. And I just... I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for trash gummies. I'm excited to like what happens in the future mm-hmm. of local lounge. Like those things are all really cool. Mm-hmm. I have a great opportunity at my boy job coming up. Like there's just a lot of really positive things going on in my life. Yeah. I, that's amazing. You know, we both have a lot of positive changes. Like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I moved and I moved partially because of, the negativity that I was getting from people and just the lack of community I was feeling, especially being someone who constantly feels like as being of the trans experience, um, a lot of trans people just erased me and forgot about me because I wasn't part of their it circle. And so that was really great. But another reason I moved was to advance my career because I felt like for what I wanted to do with my drag, because I have big dreams and big aspirations as we all do. Um, I couldn't accomplish that where I was and at that place, you know, at that time. So it was time for me to move along to something else. I still come back to Portland monthly to run flush, to run the pucker pageant, um, along with, you know, when trash gummies happens and hopefully, you know, we're in talks with a venue right now, but getting something new coming up here, probably in the new year. Um, you know, I keep coming back and producing and it's a real blessing now that, because that's what's changed for me is I've risen to now I'm producing multiple events, including competitions and headliner events where we're bringing national talent out, which is really cool. And, you know, a mm-hmm. blessing <laughs> that yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. So do you have anything mm-hmm. else that you want to say to the kids? I don't, I mean, um, I mean, I want to, I want to highlight 
a few entertainers that I've gotten to know who actually I know have listened to this podcast in the past and jumped into drag because of listening to this podcast, which has been a really fun thing to learn about. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Blossom Dreary. Oh, yeah, I love that. Who has been... They were one, they're one of the sweetest people. They're also incredibly creative and talented. Like... They were one of the first queens I thought about adopting, but then I heard Sequin snatch them up quick. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> Sequin did get them quick. Um, they did. And then there, there are a few others, like um, Andy Roginus recently, someone that's come on my radar, and they're really cool, and like they're very like creative in their concepts. Uh, the entire Rarity family is really chill, and they also come out and support every single event we have ever going on, and they just promote it when they're not that's in it, cool. which is amazing. And, I mean, there are people who have really rallied around us and really given us chances to grow. And I just want to thank all of them for continuing to support, despite all the negativity out there that people yeah, are spreading. I agree with that. I would like to say that um, my new friends that just moved to town, like with Lexi Siren and even with Babylon Brooks. Me. Um, like Baby Babylon. Like, these people Aww. have meant a lot to me and, like, have helped me through it. And then also Kimber Shade has been really great in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, her mentorship that she's giving me and how we process through things. And Flawless Shade, who I've grown really close with, actually, since we started this podcast, actually. Like, we were, like, friends before. Yeah. But, like, we've gotten a lot closer since then. And, um, you know, and, like, and even with Danner. Uh, I've gotten really like mm-hmm. pretty decently close with him as well, and like there's DJ Danimal, and um, and I'm hoping to build a great friendship <laughs> with Linda Joe as soon as she like returns to the scene. Love Linda Joe, yeah. Oh, I love her, and I hope her dog's doing okay. Because at this time, like right now, when we're recording this, Linda's dog, a puppy she just got, was diagnosed with parvo, and usually puppies don't survive that. Um, but she's back out of the hospital she got the funds together so everyone keep Linda in your thoughts and if you have the chance shoot her some coins because parvo treatment is not cheap uh, and she's also an amazing entertainer who just moved to portland from milwaukee they're really great mm-hmm. oh coco i think this episode was whimsical it made no sense and it was all over the place i think we've accomplished yeah, our and mission I think i'm not going to actually edit this podcast because i want people to hear our unfiltered thoughts about how we feel about things I think that's helpful because I'm hoping that people will one day realize that you and I are human beings with thoughts, feelings, emotions, and <laughs> Maybe one day. I don't know if it's ever gonna happen, but one day it'll one happen. One day. I miss you. Move back. Uh, I miss. I miss you too. Well, I'm not gonna move back, but I'll be back um, on the thirtieth for um, several things. We have. I'm gonna be in the pharmacy drag brunch uh, with Devlin Lynn Phoenix on the third. Nice. Um, I'm also going to be having Flushed with me, Touche Douche, featuring Asia Consent, Slatasia, Baby Lestrange, uh, Peachy Springs, and a bunch of other amazing entertainers who I can't remember the names of right now because I'm kind of drunk. We also have the local lounge lavish pucker pageant on the following day, and I'll be in this wonderful show, which is a Kim Petras listen-along show, where all of us will be performing Kim Petras' new album on the 7th. So you have a lot of places you can catch me when I'm back in town. Absolutely. And I have a drag break and a cruise. So <laughs> make sure you get that unlimited drink package. If you don't already as an entertainer, because on a cruise and a limited drink package, especially the way you drink will be like a, a lifesaver. You. I don't drink that heavily anymore. Hey, 
That's a it's another family trait. We all have to be short faced. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening right. to Cooking Up a Queen. I know we have an outro thing, so I guess I'll just say bye. Yes. Okay. Oh, you still did the girl thing. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of Cooking Up a Queen. If you would like to be featured or place an ad, please email coco at thecdsdrag.com. Cooking Up a Queen is brought to you by the CD Studio. All topics discussed are opinions of the hosts and are not by any means reflected by the CD Studio or its affiliates. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Cooking Up a Queen is owned exclusively by the CD Studios. This podcast is executive produced by John Williams and Alistair Eliano. Original cover art and soundtrack provided by Alistair Eliano. Dubbed and mixed by John Williams.